The Big 12 announced its new media rights deal. And what does that mean for the future of the Pac-12 and their media negotiations? Let's go. Locked on Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pac-12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Conference of Champions. Please continue to like, comment, subscribe. Big thank you to everybody out there who has done so already. Today's episode brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code Locked On and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. It's that easy. I know a guy who might be interested and that sort of offer a free $100 for gambling. He is my good friend, former radio host and Stanford graduate. So, of course, we bring him on to talk about the Pac-12. His name is Dave Bargava. We have been trying for eons and eons, including tonight as we're recording this, to get him here on the show. And my man is great to be back. And, uh, you know, last time you were on, we were talking conference realignment stuff. And now the Big 12 meteorites deal has been set in the Pac-12. What does it mean for them? We get to talk about it all. And it's great to have you back. Thank you so much for having me back. If I'd known there was a free hundred dollars, I'd be back every week. I mean, <laughs> come on, you got to lead with that. It's there every time. Just just <laughs> promo code locked on at uh, at Underdog Fantasy. Two words, locked on. So the Big 12 announces their new deal that goes through 2031. Six-year extension. They've got two years left in their current media rights deal. It's worth over 2.3 billion dollars in six years, which is pretty bonkers. The deal for the Big 12 is with ESPN and Fox, which are the incumbent media rights partners they have under their current deal. So it's just an extension of this, which is an interesting tidbit we can get to later. But Dave, the payouts that they're looking at, losing Oklahoma and Texas, their two biggest brands, remind you of any particular conference, are going to be, once the deal kicks in, $5 $5 million higher than what they are now in the 46 to $47 million per year per school range. If and when the playoff expands to 12 teams, which is a different conversation you and I could have a lot of agreement on, it could go up to about $50 million. So that's a great job, I think, by the Big 12. But what does that mean for the Pac-12 now? How does this set the market for George Klyovkov, his team, and their negotiations? If I'm George K. I'm doing backflips in my office right now. This is the best possible thing that could have happened to me. I mean, the, 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 as soon as I saw this deal, the first thing that came to mind was mediocre quarterbacks in the NFL, right? When, whenever, whenever people like Dak get $35 million, right, the rest of the quarterbacks all around the league are so excited because the market gets reset. When Patrick Mahomes, best in the league, gets $50 million, Josh Allen's like, I want 51, I want 52. And you can sort of, you know, uh, use the the existing offers to to set the market and set the table for what you're looking for. And I look at the conference, right? You're exactly right. You're spot on when you say, yeah, this is a conference that is losing their two biggest brands. And other than this TCU story that I think we can all agree, everyone outside of you know the TCU alum fan base did not see coming. Go Horn Frogs. Um, Texas is the most compelling story in the Big 12, right? You have Quinn when he plays, they're really good. They're a little bit up and down. They've been, you know, a, a very compelling watch. They have that giant fan base, but they're gone. Oklahoma's gone, right? And you're exactly right when you say this is 
mirroring perfectly the Pac-12 situation. If I'm George K, first of all, right, there's no incumbent. I get to openly negotiate this deal. We we hear rumors that Apple and Amazon are in. I get that tech money, right? And now I can say, look, let's let's just stack the conferences against each other, right? You're telling me that the Big 12 in its incarnation today is any worse than the Pac-12, not even including USC and UCLA. I mean, I look at the Pac-12, right? From the top down, you have Oregon, solidly, as you'll be happy to note, in contention for a playoff spot. If they clean, run the table here, really could 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 make a run here late in the season. Utah can make the playoff with some good luck, right? And uh, not this year, but in but in coming years, like that is a playoff caliber program. A hundred percent, and they have been for you know the last couple of years, certainly. And so, if I look at the top of the conference, right, the bottom is absolute dregs. Start, you know, starring my alma mater the Stanford University Cardinal. I apologize to everyone who's had the misfortune of watching them play this season. But you're telling me Iowa State's that much better? I don't think so. These are very, very comparable conferences. So if I'm George K, I walk right into Jeff Bezos' office and I say, hey, Jeffrey, let's do this. Here's the baseline. Let's get it. Let's sign this deal. So you mentioned an interesting point about their media rights being on the open market. And that's different than what the Big Ten, SEC, and and now Big 12 have done, which is they've renegotiated the figures with the the incumbent media rights partners, whether it's CBS or I think there's been a little bit of shifting around. But CBS, Fox, uh, and and ESPN, of course, are all the the big players there. And then you have NBC, but they're just there for, for Notre Dame. But I find this this appeal of going to streaming or having that be a big partner really, really fascinating because we haven't seen it yet, right? That's, that's the opportunity of sorts for the Pac-12 is to look at this situation and go to them and say, you have the opportunity to be the first non-major network that is a streaming service or a streaming company, whether it's Apple or or Amazon, those would probably be the most likely ones, unless you threw, like, I don't know, Hulu or, I don't know, can Netflix do it? Probably not. Like, it, it, it's Apple or Amazon. It's probably going to be one of those two. That's a really interesting pitch. But so looking at that number for the Big 12, I, I still think the depth that you'd have in the Big 12, even if Pac-12 adds, you know, let's say it's San Diego State and, like Boise, even if they had four and they add on like Nevada and and UNLV, those are not top tier brands. You're in an emerging market there in Las Vegas if you go that that particular route. But the fact that the Big 12 got more without Oklahoma and Texas, certainly their figure would have been much higher had those two schools stayed. But if the Big 12 adding UCF, Houston, BYU and Cincinnati who are like good, solid programs at the G5 level right now, can get it up to 47. Do you think the Pac-12 between, you know, what's probably going to be a hybrid partnership of streaming and a cable and a cable company or a channel and whatnot, do you think they could get a per school payout at $40 million? Because right now it's at about 34. Do you think they could get up to 40? There's no doubt in my mind. Absolutely no doubt. And, and there's two reasons for that. Number one, and of course, I would just like to note, this is such a radical shift from the first time I was on the show and we were talking, we were already planning the Pac-12's funeral. I really think this deal has changed everything. This deal and the performance, uh, of course, of Oregon this year, you know, being being in contention and actually performing well, you know, with the exception of that Georgia game on, on, on national television. Um, here's the thing. So the current Pac-12 deal you brought up, right? It's 12 years, $3 billion, right? It doesn't sound like a whole lot in comparison to some of the other deals that you've mentioned. But one thing that's really, really important to mention is that 
This deal only gave Fox and ESPN the right to broadcast 45 football games a year plus the conference championship, right? If you if, if you you're sitting there with your you know back of the envelope calculations, you might realize that's not all the games the Pac-12 plays. And the reason for that is because 36 games, which is 44% of the football game product, was aired on the Pac-12 network. Which nobody so, watches. Which Nobody's nobody watches. <laughs> and, and, and if I'm if I'm Bezos or I'm Apple, you know, and I want this to be my flagship, I want to be the first people to get ahead of the game, you know, uh, really invest in this streaming product. You bet your bottom dollar that I'm coming for the whole thing. You're not giving me 56%. You're giving me the full 100, right? And there's a path forward here to say, put Apple and Amazon into a bidding war. We've seen Bezos dip his finger into the streaming market. He's not afraid to take risks. He's spending a billion a year already on Thursday night football. That's not a very compelling, you know, in terms of demographics, you'd way rather have the group of people that watch college football games. They skew younger. They're more, you know, you know it, it engrossed in the sport, like from an advertising standpoint. Um, um, and Bezos also is interested in buying the, the, the team formerly known as the Washington football team. So you've seen a guy who clearly is interested in, in, in you know, dipping his toes in, in, into, into, into sports. He's not afraid to take risks, as we've seen building, you know, one of the biggest companies, if not the biggest company in the world. And it just fits, right? This is the Pac-12 we're talking about. It's the West Coast, you know, a little bit hippie, a little bit Silicon Valley. You're, you know, you add a San Diego mm-hmm. State, you bring in the SoCal market, you add that with Amazon, you know, taking risks, being the pioneer uh, uh, in the streaming space in the, in the college football world. And this just makes way, way too much sense. I absolutely think they're going to get the Big 12 numbers because you're going to get the full product, right? You're going to be in a bidding war, right? And the Big 12 had to get this deal done, right? The leverage was in the hands of the TV networks. A because the Big Twelve couldn't openly negotiate, and B because people have been, you know, talking about, you know, oh, is anyone else from the Big Twelve going to defect? Will the Big Twelve make it through this? You have to come out, and make a statement, and say, hey, we got this deal through twenty thirty one. We're going to be around. The Pac twelve doesn't have that pressure. They can take their time. They can let these negotiations move into the early part of twenty twenty three. You know, because they have leverage now. And and I really really like the position they're in. I think Amazon or Apple is absolutely the way to go, and I think they will pay. Uh, what we expect them to pay to keep the Pac-12 uh, relevant. There's one more note on Amazon, if you don't think they'd be willing to pay, that I want to touch on. But first, I want to tell you all about Underdog Fantasy. Listen up, Dave, because I know you're a big gambler. This is the easiest place to spice up the college football season. They've got a super easy-to-play format. You go in, you can look at players on your favorite team. You could go to Stanford and take Tanner McKee under whatever passing yards total they have and just you know let the cash roll in. That'd be pretty simple for the most part. Anyway, but you can pick any player across the conference you just go in look at his total think if he'll go higher or lower make your pick and then watch the cash rolled roll in easy to play and available in over 30 states you can do it however you want you can pick between two and five players you can pick between 15 and 20 players whatever tickles your fancy sign up with the promo code locked on davy writing this down one word and underdog will double your first deposit up to a hundred dollars you deposit a hundred bucks you get a hundred dollars free go to underdogfantasy.com or find the underdog fantasy app in the app store or google play store that's underdog fantasy promo code locked on one word to get in on the college football pick em action today so for anyone who might think that amazon wouldn't be willing to dole out that sort of money i like what you said about how they're moving into the tv space they've been aggressive in that sense and you know what show they have that i haven't started yet but i am planning to is on Amazon Prime Video, The Rings of Power. 
Like, if you don't think Amazon is willing to make itself a major player here, sports seem like a logical next step. Maybe Apple would come in with a bigger offer, but the Rings of Power is like the most expensive production for a television show in, like, the history of television. I understand it. To me, that sends a clear message that this is not something Bezos and Amazon are trying out. This is something that they want to assert themselves in. And so that gives you a little bit of leverage almost if you're the Pac-12. I think it's reduced slightly without USC and UCLA for sure. And I, I would be thrilled, number one, if the conference stayed together, of course. But number two, if they were able to get the actual Big 12 numbers, because I still think the depth of teams is a little bit stronger. Plus, they go into more markets. You got UCF in Florida. You got Cincinnati over in Ohio. So I think the Big 12... You know, even if you add more teams that are likely from the the Mountain West, unless you dip into like the Texas market, maybe with like SMU, I don't know, a lot of different ways that they could go there. But whatever position you put yourself in is the Pac-12 with regards to expansion, which they certainly have to pursue. I think that's your selling point to Bezos is all these other conferences. The ACC deal, it runs through 2036. This new Big 12 deal will expire before the ACC's deal, meaning they'll be able to renegotiate again. I mean, the ACC, I could argue, is in a worse spot here in the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 now can go to Amazon and say, you clearly want to be in the broadcast media business. You got Thursday Night Football exclusive rights. You're going big on TV shows. You and I both love The Boys, which is an amazing show. They got a lot of really, really good stuff on there. This is a G-rated show. We better not talk about that one particularly, but... I think that's your selling point if you're George Klyovkov. You go in and say, you want to get in on this. You got to pay for it. Here's what we got, and we are your only option. And, and there's a little bit of an added wrinkle here, too. I'm not sure if you know this or, or the viewers know this, uh, but in August, Apple was actually heavily involved in the bidding for the pack, for the Big Ten excuse me, uh, uh, streaming rights, and they actually got left out cold. I believe the, the rights ended up being uh, split between CBS, NBC, Fox, and Peacock. But Apple was right there, and apparently they didn't make a compelling enough offer, right? So they're interested. Apple also, uh, notably, is uh, um, going to be showing Major League Soccer uh, starting in 2023 on their streaming mm -hmm. platform. They're, they want to bid for NFL Sunday ticket. So all the all the pieces are in play, uh, uh, and they realize that they need to overspend. They realize that they're kind of new to the game. They don't have the, the legitimacy of a, a Fox or an ESPN in that they haven't been working with these people and these brands for, for you know, 10, 15, 30 years. But ultimately, what it comes down to is these are tech companies. These, these are run by te you know, uh, uh, tech billionaires. These guys know what they're doing, and they know sometimes that when you have a diamond, when you have a real asset that you want to pick up or you're trying to break into a new space, sometimes you have to overpay a little bit. And I think both of these guys are going to be unafraid to do that. And that's why like, I feel very, very confident in the numbers the Pac-12 is going to get. It's like the Christian McCaffrey deal for the San Francisco 49ers. Did they exactly. overpay for a guy who has an injury history? Maybe. Yeah. But what exactly were your options? You know, like, was it going to be to stick with with Jeff Wilson, who they ended up trading? Or do you want to go like if if that really is your priority and you really care about it, then you will be willing to overpay for it like that. That's just what it comes down to at the end of the day in business or in life. If you really, really want something, then you'll look at it. You know, I don't love all the price increases of Disney, but guess what, Dave? I'm still going to go because I really, really want to go, even though the prices go up. And I might say, mm, I kind of feel like I'm biting a bullet. I'm still going to the parks.
And if you're George K, right, we've talked so much about kind of the, the business side of the deal and, and who, uh, you know, in terms of uh, uh, potential, you know, buyers for the contract would be interested. Let's talk about, you know, George and the actual Pac-12. Why would you not want a streaming service, right? One of the biggest problems with Pac-12 games today is that every time there's a relevant team, you know, I'm not upset, you know, when I, when I think about Christian McCaffrey and Toby Gerhardt's missed Heisman's, like every time there's a nationally relevant team that either comes close to making the playoffs, make the playoff, or is just on the cusp but gets left out, right? The, the thing that goes around all the time, Pac-12 fans say to the rest of the country, oh, well, you don't watch our games. I don't blame them, right? The games kick off at <laughs> right? 11 p.m. Eastern. Like, I don't blame you if you, you know, you live in Florida. You're not watching Pac-12 after dark because it's Pac-12 after midnight, practically, you know, in, in the middle of the season. Um, however, if this is now on a streaming service, right, I don't need Pac-12. You think anyone in Florida has Pac-12 network? You think they can even get that? No. So they're already missing 50% of the games. If I have a streaming service, suddenly, if I'm George K., this seems like a good way to make the Pac-12 a more national brand than it already is. You can actually put the games on. If these teams can, you know, not, you know, look like Stanford has looked like this year, if you can actually put together a couple compelling teams that that might be able to make a run, you know, whether that's Oregon and Utah being uh, undefeated late in the season, right? I think you can actually get national eyeballs on a stream platform that you might not be able to get on, on an ESPN or a more traditional uh, 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 system where you actually have to compete for for slots, you know, where where it, 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 you know people have to have cable, they have to have special channels, that kind of thing. So I think this is a compelling deal on both sides. I, I just googled because I was curious about these uh, numbers. As of this was in 2015, so a while back. I don't know if they've gone up or down, but Pac-12 networks were available in 90 million homes with 12 million actually subscribe to the network. Dave, how many Amazon Prime subscribers <laughs> are there? Because it feels like you're expanding the reach. Like how many of the people who can currently watch and want to watch the Pac-12 network don't have Amazon Prime? I I can't think of anybody that I know and just generally speaking, right? A lot of the people who are, who are getting the Pac-12 network, making sure it's a part of their television package, they're on the West Coast already. I got to imagine the highest concentration of Amazon Prime subscription numbers are on the West Coast, the East Coast, and in the South. I'm just I'm just spitballing here, but that seems pretty reasonable to me. And you've got however many hundreds of millions of, of Amazon uh, Prime subscribers. I'll look that one up right now, too. Like, it just seems like the opportunity to be available to more people is right there if you go with Amazon. 100% right. And now you're worldwide, right? I mean, there's 200 million Amazon Prime subscribers. They're all over the place. Uh, 153 million. Unbe just unbelievable. I mean, the, the, the numbers are, are, are absolutely ludicrous. And, and it, it just makes way, way, way too much sense. And it makes more sense for it to be the Pac-12 than any other football conference. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, because nobody else is in a position, the ACC can't do it. They're locked into their deal. Everybody else has got their deal. So if Amazon, which has been an aggressive company, getting into Thursday Night Football, getting into big-time television shows that are, like, really, really good productions, right? These are not just—they're not half-assing it and saying, like, oh, we're just going to dip our toe, put something out there. Like, no, they're trying to make quality products. So if they're legitimately trying to get it in the sports realm in, in a major way, then it seems like this is the opportunity for the Pac-12 to go to them and say, we're your only option to get into the college sports space right now. Really, really quality stuff. All right. The real reason 
that I uh, that I brought Dave onto the show today. We all know the Pac-12 prime picks have been sluggish the last few weeks. Just one winning effort in my last four tries. We were that close, that close to being above 500. Again, just a couple plays here and there on Saturday, but another one and two showing again. So maybe I'll be asking Dave for help. Maybe I won't. We'll just kind of see. And let's start with my favorite bet of the week, Dave. And this is probably going to pain you to say, or pain you to hear me say, rather. Washington State minus five at Stanford. Give me the Cougars. I don't know if you can talk me down on this one unless you've got some really good reason because I think this game looks a lot like Washington State and Cal where it's kind of close, hanging around, and then the final score is like 28 to 10. So I want to get ahead of, of all the, the commenters who are going to call me a homer, as you mentioned. I did. It is, in fact, my alma mater. And let me get ahead of all those people by saying, both of these teams suck. I would prefer... Uh, Washington you... State's a little better than suck. Uh, so l- let's talk about that, actually. In their last three games, do you know how many points Washington State is averaging? I didn't say their offense was good. Their offense has been very bad. Their defense, however, is very good. And that's why I can't say they suck. So Washington State has the 96th ranked offense in the country. Mm, 96. In not the good. past three games... The Cougars have a points per play average of 0.205. Okay. That is six worst in the entire okay. country. Mm. And you know who's ahead of them? As in worse than them in that in that particular statistic? Stanford. Stanford University. <laughs> hosting this dynamic backfield of Casey Filkins, like Oswego High School legend, and EJ Smith. They were third last in points per play above. EJ's not even Boston. EJ's not even there, remember? He got hurt. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Boston, they're only above Boston College and New Mexico. So I think the under is in play. I think 28 to 10, I'd like to see this big Washington State team that we've seen the last three weeks produce putrid outing after putrid outing, put up 28 points against anybody. This is going to be a super low scoring effort. I feel like you have to take the points. If I had to make a bet on this game, I'm taking the under. But given how anemic both offenses have been, Give me the plus five. There might not be five points scored in the entire game. <laughs> could be it could be a three nil barn burner. All odd all odds, by the way, provided by our friends at Bet Online, who currently what 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 is the over under that you're seeing in this game, Dave? Because I agree the under could be in play, but it's not as if Vegas doesn't know that neither of these teams know <laughs> how to put the ball into the end zone. Well, surprisingly, the over under is actually fifty and a half, so 50 and a half. I'm not telling your fans where to put their money, but I'm telling you that's the bet of the week right there. There's no way both of those teams getting over 20. No, no, no. I don't see that at all. I, if you can get that over under at, at under 50 and a half, holy smokes. I would take Stanford put up 15 points at home on Arizona state whose defense is putrid and just got torched by Colorado. They gave up like 29 points or something to Colorado. And, and Spencer, Spencer, on the Washington State side, they've been over 50 and a half exactly one time this season. And you might remember oh, the game, actually. I do remember, remember the game. The, the total game. in that game was 85 That somehow. is exactly right. In every <laughs> other game, they've been under 50 and a half. 
against teams with significantly better offenses than Stanford. I mean, this is this is an absolute mm. no-brainer. But given that we're on the under, I'm absolutely taking the points. Take the home team. It, it, you know, if you're if you're watching a dumpster fire against a dumpster fire, at least take the one that's <laughs> that's in its home stadium. Um, so right now, according to Bet Online, it's under 50. And by the way, I liked this at minus five, but right now, Bet Online's got it four and a half. So we're lock, we're locking that in here for the prime picks. I'm <laughs> I'm going to stay away. I can't bet the Cardinal. They just I I think their two wins were kind of fraudulent, and I think that that game against UCLA is more indicative of what they are. And they can't stop the run. I mean, they're just a shell of themselves defensively. They are not physical. And Washington State can't run the ball. But I think they can do enough in this game. And Cam Ward extends some plays. But you and I agree, under 50, that looks like the that looks like the bet of the weekend. Okay, well, let's get I can, to it. I can yeah, go ahead. I can only assume that they that they move the line after hearing me, you know, rave about the Stanford <laughs> plus five. They moved it to, you know, half point. So your your fans better pick pick that thing up before it moves even farther. I mean, come on. Clearly. We're making- we're making movements on this show. Clearly. Let's do the game that is uh, happening tonight as uh, this episode drops, and that is Oregon State at Washington. If you had better weather conditions here in the forecast, Dave, I would like the Huskies, but they are very reliant on the pass, and this is a nasty Beaver secondary. It'll be by far the best pass defense they've seen, seen this year. If it's going to be wet and you have to run the ball a little more and it's going to be kind of a low ground grinded out affair at the very least, I think Oregon State wins outright, but at the very least four and a half. I think this is a uh, the, the score of this game last year was 27, 24. Washington is certainly better, but so's Oregon State. I just think that's too many points, even at home for the Huskies to be laying right now. Look, another disagreement here. I mean, oh, based Uh-oh, on based on good. based. Based on your past history, I'm feeling pretty good about fading you in these picks, but this is not scripted. This is this is some organic stuff here. I'm 100% taking Washington. Four mm. and one against the spread in their last five games, undefeated straight up at home. I get the leading passer in the Pac-12. I get an offense that's averaging 500 yards per game. The Huskies average 40 points per game. I mean, I just don't see that stopping here. Do you really trust you know this, this talented but relatively unheralded backfield and what's effectively a backup mm. quarterback who is 3-0? He is 3 and 0. I got to hand it to him. I, that that is my biggest concern, no doubt. I would like it more, but the line would also probably be a little smaller if Chance Nolan were playing cuz I think Goldbranson has a higher floor because Nolan bottoming out is four interceptions against USC. Goldbranson won't do that, but the ceiling for this Oregon State offense is higher with Nolan at the helm. But the reason I'm still okay going with Oregon State here is I think it can come down to who will run the ball better. I think it's going to be a really good game. And I think Oregon State is going to get it done on the road. But at the very least, four and a half, this feels like a field goal game. Feels like a field goal game to me. That's, you know, I'm, I'm going to, let me, let me read out to you. Oregon State has a lot of wins. It's true, you know, especially in comparison to past years. But a couple me just last seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me just read couple, out to you. couple last second wins. Go ahead. Yeah. I don't know. Let me just read out to you the, the teams that they beat this season. All right. Let me know. Let me know when we get this to to a team that is indistinguishable from a high school JV team. All right. Uh, Boise State, <laughs> Fresno State, Montana State. I'm surprised they're not just directional schools. Uh, Stanford, <laughs> who we covered, uh, and you you may recall what happened in that game. I, I do. I do. Yeah. I they blocked pulled it out a... from my memory, but they cooked. Uh, they cooked it. They cooked it. That's what they did. Yeah, that's what they did. 
uh, speaking of kooks, the Washington State Cougars, and then Colorado, that that might be the worst team I've watched in the country this season. So oh, yeah, they're bad. Let's not Did pretend see- like the yeah, Cougars or the, the, excuse me, the Beavers going three and zero in their last three is anything to write home about. Mm-hmm. Jacob Brunson is 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 Jimmy G without an arm. <laughs> I don't know what that leaves. Just a, good, a nice smile, and 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 this Washington offense is phenomenal, man. Phenomenal. Yeah, but that Washington State de- or that Oregon State defense, arguably the best in the Pac-12 since conference plays began. They're allowing the fewest yards per game in the conference. They've got the best secondary in the league by far, and it's going to be a big test for Washington, especially especially in the elements. If that rain starts coming down, if he told me it cleared up magically and it was going to be 62 and sunny, I would probably flip and go watch. I really think that it's going to come down to who's going to be able to run the football. And that answer to me is, is Oregon state. So you didn't win me over with that one either, but let's get to my last pick here. And I'm very curious. This is the most swayable. I will be Cal plus 21 and a half at USC. Now, the reason that I went with Cal here, Dave line opened at 19 Public moved it out to over three touchdowns. Here's a good stat for you. Justin Wilcox, who has been the coach for five-plus years now, right? They had the shortened 2020 season and, and whatnot. But in the four full seasons, plus this one where he's been the head coach, they have lost by 20 by more than 21 points just four times. And this is not the best Cal defense in the world, but it's also not a very good USC defense. And Cal's got a couple of nice weapons. I worry about how their offensive line will hold up here. It's just a lot of points, and Cal likes to muddy the game up, limit your possessions, control the clock. They're not going to run the football exceptionally well, but that's just over three touchdowns. I just need them to go in and lose 38-17. Look, I know you're still hungover from watching Cal be competitive with your hometown Oregon Ducks in the first for like half. A, of for like a game. quarter. It was for a quarter. Exactly. That's exactly right. It was for like a quarter because this team hasn't scored more than 24 points in a month. All right. USC has scored 40 plus six times this season. Okay. Cal in their last 16 outings against USC, five and 11 against the spread. All right. So Mm. the way I think about this game is in how many points are going to be scored. Here's the stat for you. Here's to me, the key stat for this game, the over is 8-1 and one in USC's last nine games against teams with losing records, okay? The over-under for this game is set at 62. 62. Cal hasn't scored more than 24 in a month. If I'm betting on a team that's going to score a ton of points, let's say there's 65, 70 total points in this game, and I'm putting Cal at 24, I'm going with USC. And here's the thing. The reason the line has moved, right? Vegas isn't here to give you free money. The reason the line has moved is Sharps have realized, right, it, it hasn't continued to move. It's kind of stayed static, right, at 21 and a half, but it moved up from, from that Cal minus 19. People were betting USC minus 19, USC minus 20. The reason is late in the season, when you're in that 9, 10, 11, 12 spot and, and the college football playoff committee is watching your games, you need to blow teams out. If I'm USC and I'm up mm. three touchdowns going into the fourth quarter, I'm not taking my foot off these guys' throats because I got to put on a, if, you know, if, if I get to the end of the season and there's some conversation about whether or not I should be in the playoff, it's going to look a hell, of a hell of a lot better if I beat Cal by 42 instead of by 24, you know, and rested my starters when we go back and, and, and look back. And we see this historically going back year after year after year. Teams that are kind of on that bubble 
uh, end up leaving their starters in a little bit longer in the, you know, trying to absolutely beat down the opposition. I'm on USC minus 21 and a half. You can't talk me out of it. There's going to be a ton of points scored in this game. I don't trust Cal at all. And this history of, Oh, uh, you know, in, in the last four years, Cal's only lost four times by, by, you know, three touchdowns. More than 21 by more than 21 points. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> Caleb Williams, Lincoln Riley, come on, inject me with it, baby. This is a lock. This is the bet of the week. USC minus bet 21 and a half. Week. They beat Cal by four touchdowns. It's over, kids. You'll be, you'll be turning the game off at halftime and counting your money by the third quarter. All right. I think you okay. I think you won me over on, on that one. And given my cold streak, we'll make that the official uh, Pac-12 <laughs> prime pick bet of the week. It's at 21 right now. No half. So a chance for a push. We'll lock that one in uh, informally, of course, with the prime picks. So USC minus 21. I like Washington State minus four and a half at Stanford and the Beavers plus four and a half at at Washington. Those are your Pac-12 prime picks of the week. We'll see if I can get back to my winning ways. We got off to a great start this year and then took a nosedive and and such. But that's why I brought on my good friend and former talk radio host in the sports realm and Stanford graduate Dave Bargava. All odds, of course, provided by Bet Online, and he will be checking those out as well this weekend. Dave, great to talk to you as always, my friend. And uh, gosh, we got a lot done in that show. A lot. That's a, that's a good, solid, productive show to send the Pac-12 fans off into the weekend. Hopefully happy. Thank you so much for having me, and go Phillies, baby. Let's get it. <laughs> yeah, we can We can only hope. All my homies hate the Astros. Just throwing it out there and such. I appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time. Enjoy the football this weekend, and have a wonderful rest of your day.